Arundel who will bring it away. Not out of danger yet though. Cries it for holding the ball. The crowd have just gone off. Hogs back oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh, Are you kidding me? I think that's Luke Ball. Luke Ball has just... It's the goal of the day. It might even be the goal of the year. The ball that's just falling out of hand. Now can we have a shot at goal? It's against Smythe. It's Smythe. He's picked it up and he's just put it on the Eastland Weekend Recovery Finals Edition Premier Finals kickoff with two massive clashes in Premier Division on the Saturday and Sundays. Prelim time for Divisions 3 and 4. Uh, elimination fin- elimination semi-finals on the Sunday for Div 1s and 2 and then a chance for a couple sides to make a grand final in those divisions on the Saturday. A lot to get to. I'm Ryan Long, media manager of the Eastern Football Nepal League, joined by Josh Ward and Matt Spider-Lee on this Friday afternoon. A big afternoon, Josh, and you'll be out at Bayswater Oval tomorrow kicking off with the pregame yep. and a, uh, a big, big weekend to get to. A big weekend, plenty of exciting matches, including on Sunday, which unfortunately I won't be out there. Uh, talk about bad timing to head out north but um no i'm looking forward to this weekend there's you know spots on the grand final still still on the line for divisions three and four spots that could be confirmed obviously confirmed in div one and two and the start of prem finals it's always exciting absolutely and matt spider lee you'll be out there tomorrow as well for the uh, the big clash between Bourne and blackburn hi ryan hi everyone great to be here and yeah, really looking forward to the weekend of footy, starting with Premier out of Bayswater with uh, Bourne and the Blackburn game. Should be an absolute ripper. These two clubs always uh, put on a good spectacle and people will get there and uh, it'll be, you know, it should be an interesting clash which we'll go into you know really thorough detail about and then across in all the other divisions, you know, there's plenty on offer as well. So a few teams playing for their spot in the grand final and a couple of teams looking to uh, bounce back after some disappointing performances in in the first week of the finals, but live to fight another day. So we'll go through all that, but it's just uh, the weather's been good the last few days and uh, it's promising for the weekend. So it's that time of the year, spring not too far away, the grass looking nice and fresh, particularly down at Bayswater and uh, all the grounds that are fortunate enough to hosting finals. So let's get into it and uh, let's get a big final series uh, up and away because the first week, if uh, that provided drama and uh, yes. everything with it, then uh, the second week I'm sure we'll have uh, something even bigger and uh, twisted to uh, to offer us as well. And off the top, we're about to get into Ball and Blackburn, but I will just mention, Josh, off the top that... Uh, our man over here, he uh, didn't get much wrong last week. Predicted the uh, scores be upset. I don't think anyone else saw that coming. Had the extra time in the game. Um, after the siren After kick. the siren, he had Templestowe <laughs> down pat, so he's on a good roll. A couple so we'll of coaches <laughs> weren't happy with me during the week. No, but anyway, we'll, that's, uh, that's stock standard rod we'll from the AFL through community footy. This week, my yeah. phone gets a pretty good tapping during the week from most uh, most. Uh, p- points of uh, the globe, so it doesn't uh, really bother me, but uh, we just tell it how it is, and we go on uh, facts and knowledge, and we give opinions. So uh, that's all that counts, and uh, yeah, we did well last week, and this week we'll uh, we'll see if we can bat up again and uh, give everyone some good analysis. Not so for me, but let's hope he doesn't tip scores me this time around. I, I, well, let's, <laughs> let's save that till the end, because I'm very curious to see where he goes with that one, but yeah, you're right. I, me and you pretty much did the same, and we both had a shocker of a weekend, so wouldn't listen to us to today too much. But let's get stuck into it. Premier Division on the Saturday. Baldwin versus Blackburn, the elimination final. 
third versus six. Now, this is the game we'll be doing tomorrow um, for the Eastland Match of the Round. That's live from 1.15pm on Radio Eastern FM, uh, Facebook and YouTube as well. We've got all the women's grand finals on YouTube, so it's going to be a massive day. And both of you will be on the pregame tomorrow, so we'll save most of the talk till then, but we'll just touch on this game briefly and then spend a bit more on East Ringwood and Doncaster East. But some of the ins here for Ball, and I'm assuming a lot of these players were arrested last week, and Lyle, Oaks, Urban, Gottliebs and Hicks. Uh, Charlie Haley also returns to the side for the first time in a while. So some really good inclusions for them. Pearson Patterson listed out as the Blackburn. A couple of good ins as well. Jason Reed returns from mm. a... Um, Probably the second half of the season that he's been missing now. Uh, Barnes and Zala come in. Murray, Dawson and Ma out of the side. Now, Josh, I'll start with you. Obviously, you're out there tomorrow, but it's a very big game for Baldwin because they're going to come in as the red-hot favourites. Oh, yeah. They've been pretty much equal with Roval and Vermont above them. And then Blackburn, it's, they're, they're the wild card again. They've been able to sneak into that sixth spot and a lot of people, including probably myself and you didn't expect them to, to finish in that sixth position. They've got a, a little bit of a free hit. No one expects them to win, and they can really challenge uh, tomorrow afternoon. It was a similar story this time last year as well. They faced South Croydon, and they were coming in as the, the sixth side, and South Croydon red-hot favourites coming in off a, a really good win streak. But, yeah, I think I'd be more safer in tipping ball and just because those players coming in, they're fresh, they're raring to go, and I feel like they'll be raring to go for the entire final series. It was smart of Brendan Sanderson to to rest them last week just because, you know, they have the capabilities to go on a deep run. But, um, yeah, Blackburn, they can definitely cause some shockwaves. It'll all pretty much start in the midfield, and that's where, you know, the likes of Jason Reid, Lachlan Bejea, Paddy Lawler come into play. I think they can definitely step up, but probably not long enough I think ball when they're just too classy should get the job done probably enjoy the return to Bayswater over them as well I saw Blackburn first hand last week uh, boys and uh, must say I was uh, really impressed with their contested work I thought they really took it up to East Ringwood for you know the majority of the afternoon and really wrestled the momentum off them particularly just before half time took their chances in front of goal thought Hicks was terrific in front of goal kicking three really important goals in the second term and Downey as well was really creative and crafty and I just saw their ball movement particularly up and down the ground the way that they you know, chained with handball transitioned the ball uh, particularly on a small ground like Morden Park where they they play their best footy there's no doubt about it on the smaller ground uh, they were able to really expose East Ringwood on the on the turnover and rebound the ball and and get the defensive part of East Ringwood's game you know guessing a little bit uh, their forward pressure was uh, was excellent and that really put the pressure on East Ringwood, who just didn't capitalise uh, on their opportunities in front of goal. Very wasteful, had opportunities late in the game to get back into the game and probably to even go close to winning it, particularly at the early stages of the last quarter when they got within a couple of points. But it was just Blackburn in the end that just really wanted the game more. They had more value on it. Uh, guys like Harry took some really 
you know, important marks. Pajaya used the ball very cleanly throughout the course of the day. Uh, you know, we know that Paddy Law does some great things with ball in hand, uh, and also Ainsworth as well. I thought that they just really played some of their best footy, you know, in the last six to eight weeks, uh, you know, Blackburn, and that's why they got the result they did. And East Ringwood, at times, they just couldn't quite string enough content together and sustain the pressure across the four quarters, and that's why they found themselves uh, short at the end of the game. But you had to give credit uh, to Blackburn because they thoroughly deserved their spot in the finals and subsequently get a crack at uh, at Bowen, who we've listed the ins and the outs. But, uh, you know, they're big body side, so it's going to be a real test for Blackburn, particularly on a big Round to see what they can do, whether they can, uh, you know, close this midfield down of uh, of ball and get their hands on the ball, but also the size of ball and the way that they play, particularly up forward. Defensively, Blackburn have been good in the last uh, month or so. Good to see that they've got you know a settled back on there. Dunn, Faulkner, you know, back in the side, playing some good footy. Uh, so that really uh, settles that area of the ground down. Uh, we know that times they have been a bit undersized. And then from the other, you know, perspective of things, when they go forward, you know, they've got a, they've had a little bit of shape. So this week's a bit more challenging. Hicks probably, uh, you know, who's been their goal kicker, not probably going to play because of Oakley charges, all that sort of stuff. So that probably throws the, the content out a little bit. So the mixture has to change up with Yet again, they've got to try and find players to come through that area of the ground to kick goals. And uh, ball would have the bigger bodies, and they probably have answers everywhere across the ground. And so guys, your, your tip on this one? I'm going for Baldwin. I just think that the bigger bodies are going to be able to get this job done. And I think really the start, and I just think on a bigger ground, Blackburn won't be able to get the free run that they did last week. And I think Baldwin might be able to open them up a bit just because of their, their physical presence and their size and the way that they collectively move the ball. I just think Baldwin... At the moment, playing really, really well. I think through that corridor, they're going to be very hard to stop. And uh, yeah. if the ball gets out into some space and ball and get their game going, uh, could be a long afternoon for Blackburn because it's going to be hard for them to close down that forward line of ball and uh, Blackburn's defence. They, they won't be able to clamp it up as much. We'll t- we've talked about other games. You know, when the ball falls down and you can, you know, you can really put the squeeze on, it's going to be a massive challenge for Blackburn. It's not sure they're going to be able to do it on baseball. Yeah. Like on smaller grounds, we wish they had been able to do throughout the course of the season. So I'll go, go Bourne by about 20 points, but I think Blackburn will give it a red hot crack, but they need to take their chances early. Just not sure if uh, Jason Reid's 100%, and I'm not sure if it's a responsible thing to play a player that's been out for such a long period of time, considering the injury. I, I think from a coaching perspective, you really need to assess whether that's the right thing to do to put a player there, unless he's 100% fit, because that, that could impact someone from a long-term perspective so he'd want to be fit because once he goes out there it's game on yeah I I think so and I would expect that he's at least uh, 80% raring to go he's he's a fantastic player Josh so I mean you you roll the dice with someone like that because um, he could be potentially the match winner depending on um, how the game sort of goes but I mean we watched ball in a few weeks ago and their midfield just just tore Doncasteries apart, so yep. uh, that's something they're going to have to certainly get on top and on hey, early. And, and, and and just and 
just on that forward line as well for Ball. And if that midfield gets the supplies, we've seen earlier in the year how Ball and I able to just tear them apart. Tear them apart. You know, I think it was that first quarter as well where they were just on top, got in, got into that forward line, and the likes of Lyle Walker and Haley just dominated. Well, so. you mentioned Haley there, Josh and Ron. It's really important that you know Blackburn identify how yeah. the best way to hold players like Haley and Goebbels as well. How are they going to defensively hold those? Do you put a do you put a tagger on someone like Haley? Do you defensively watch him? How do you watch someone like that who can just be an X factor you know, at any point in time in the game? We know he's a little bit underdone, but coming into this finals game, the ball hits the ground. Away goes you know, Charlie. He, you know, we know what he's like when he gets the ball in front of those goals, and uh, he could be uh, he could he could be very explosive and uh, set the game up. We'll jump into the game on... Oh, my tip as well. I am going with Baldwin. So three tips for Baldwin. That game tomorrow, obviously, streamed live on YouTube, Facebook, Radio Eastern 98.1 FM. So make sure to have a look at that tomorrow. East Ringwood versus Doncaster East on the Sunday afternoon. Another elimination final. This is fourth versus fifth. And very exciting to see this is at now Jubilee Park, which is um, new because obviously we were at Glen Waverley on those um, uh, extra elimination finals. So Jubilee Park getting a run mm. on Sunday for the Premier Competition. Some of the ins here for Doncaster East. Luke Tyne and Josh DeLuca come in for Giles and Lowther. Uh, no changes, I don't think, for East Ringwood. Haven't got any listed. Uh, so a massive task. That fantastic for, for both clubs to get back to this point. East Ringwood coming up a division after Premiership Spider. They've been um, phenomenal uh, at, at stages in the year. They were the, the one side to beat. They've uh, dropped off a little bit since then, but they're still um, it's still a massive achievement. And for Doncaster East... Um, with the side they've got, and Tom Bell come back into the side a few weeks ago, um, has been really important for them. They really missed him in that ball-in game, but and, and obviously Tyne and Diluc are, are two superstars to add back to your mix. Uh, do you do you have a, a tip for this one, or where you think this is sort of leaning towards? Because probably with with Doncaster East, where they were last year, making a preliminary final, if they bow out in the first round of the finals, it's probably a a disappointing finish to to a side that can certainly, at their best, challenge anyone. Significant step backwards if they don't uh, get to the to at least a preliminary final. And we spoke about it a number of weeks ago how this list has just really dropped off in uh, in previous times. So really important for them to you know this final series make a bit of a statement. But they just haven't been uh, doing things that well in recent weeks. Even last week against Vermont, just uh, couldn't get their game going. At times looked okay, but just when the game really was up for grabs, Vermont far too classy. But on uh, East Ringwood, I've seen them live, have been impressed with what I've seen, and it just didn't work for them in front of goal last week. But I still have the confidence that they can get the job done. I, I really believe on the wide expanses of Jubilee Park, it does suit their style of play. I think that they, guys like Farmer, if they can... Uh, Get on the end of balls. Uh, you know, is going to be really important through the midfield there. Obviously, you know, Norris was really good last week. You know, he was clearly uh, the best player for for East Ringwood. You know, showed a showed a lot. Um, I thought Walsh was really good. Uh, you know, kicked a couple of goals and uh, really kept up the fight for East Ringwood throughout the course of the game. So they had a number of players, uh, you know, who were considered were a little bit down, but you could say that if they step up a little bit more, they'll be uh, they'll. Be really hard to beat and I think Mundy really holds the key to this game if he can uh, have uh, an impact um, 
a significant one, he really could hold the key to the way this result could go. And I really believe that uh, East Ringwood can win this game. I think that their physical presence, the way that they want to use the ball, their hard work, their grunt work through that midfield, um, is just at the moment uh, looking to me like it's going to. It's more capable of getting the job done at the moment. East Doncaster East, they just look like a side that they're not putting the quarters together consistently and sustaining it for long enough. And uh, I'm really not sure about where that's heading for them. Tom Bell needs to play a big game. I think this will be very close game. I'm, I'm actually tipping a very tight margin. I think there's a, I think this has the, the likelihood of a, a goal or even potential sort of extra time sort of feel about He's it. He's going Be- it again. Because, <sighs> because I do think they do have a lot of resemblance about each other, the way that they do play, uh, with the way that they do move the ball. And I think that... In the end of it, in scheme of it, I just think that they might be able to get over the line on East Ringwood and do enough and uh, and find a way to get to advance and uh, get an extra week out of their finals campaign. Doncaster Race really need to work hard in this contest. So I'm going to go East Ringwood by a goal, and uh, I think that they'll be the one to advance. I'm just not seeing enough positive things from Doncaster East at the moment to really suggest that they're going to be the team that uh, has a large impact in this finals campaign. But I'm really you know, bullish about it and you know, I think there's a lot of upside for uh, for East Ringwood. I think uh, you know, they've got a, a lot of to offer in this final series, but also going into uh, to 2024. So yep. I think there's a lot of good signs for them as a playing group. They're young, they're vibrant, and they're very hard-working I mean, they're, and very well coached. So uh, I think uh, East Ringwood will get the job done defensively very good midfield strong and uh, their forward line yeah need to put the result on the board but cannot afford to waste chances like they did last week so uh, I'll tip a string but I think they can turn that part around uh, of their game so the challenge is there for Doncaster yeah, defensively it, to do it it is definitely there and it's going to be hard to stop the likes of Farmer and Mundy particularly when they're on their A game you know you've got Adam Peaker down in that forward line too who can hit the score uh, score sheet as well and Will McRae is, is the second leading goal kicker for, for a string with this year so uh, I don't think Saha Valley is playing if he was he would have been a bit of a threat but um yeah they're a really well-rounded side they've got a good young core and just that experience as well you know you look at the likes of of James and Dylan Bilo James is just having a simply phenomenal season Trent Farmer Adam Swisbelek as well has had experience higher up Chris Cherney as well has experience playing in finals at the highest level so there is that experience and that's going to hold them in good stead especially if they are to make a deep run in finals so yeah I think they get the job done there is experience for Doncaster East but it's just really a lack of a forward option. I think that's probably the point of difference. You've got Trent Farmer in that forward line for East Ringwood, whereas you've got, you've got multiple goal kickers for, for Doncaster East, particularly Tom Bell, but just not that key forward, which is what they need. And I don't think East Ringwood will mind playing uh, playing around the corner from East Ringwood Reserve as well. It's pretty convenient for them. And say. also the, that ruck battle as well, being have the flexibility yeah. of the two ruckmen, whereas Bell was going to have to do shoulder a lot of that work himself. Um, you know, and so that's a big challenge for Doncaster East as well, I think. But uh, there's all, there's a lot going on with that, Ryan. I just yeah. feel that uh, you know East Ringwood they seem to have a little bit more depth, uh, you know, across the board and that physical presence, hard working, um, the way that they play. Yeah, Swisbelek and um, Mundy have both been a, a yeah. phenomenal duo this season. That's really helped Mundy's game. And Wakeman's game as, as well have been yeah, playing really, really good footy as well. They were, they were terrific last week and kept them in the game. Yeah, I, I've, I'm tipping East Ringwood. 
by a, a close margin too. I think this one will probably be a, a almost a 50-50 sort of game, but I'll uh, go with East Ringwood just in a very close one. Let's jump into Division 1 now. South Belgrave versus Montrose take each other on in a semi-final. The winner goes through to the grand final. The loser will uh, meet the winner of the other semi-final in Mitcham North Ringwood for a chance at a grand final. So a real big opportunity here for Montrose who... Uh, certainly going as the underdogs uh, against a side that hasn't lost a game, which is fair enough. In South Belgrave also bring in both Taylor Garner and Damien Garter, so some very, very handy ins, Josh. And then for Montrose, uh, they bring in Sparrow, uh, Frith, and Tennant, Joel Tennant. That yeah. is, uh, How many Tennants? Uh, are they just taking over that footy club? Uh, <laughs> Joel Tennant played his first senior game a against, couple of weeks ago in that, fi- in that yeah, final round of the season. I've, from what I've heard, this will be the best of the Tennants. Even <laughs> even better than the old, the old man. I I better than better than Lurch oh, himself. That's what, that's, what oh. that's what I've heard. Uh, very good uh, for um, uh, the D's to have him coming along. Uh, only seventeen years old or something. <laughs> yeah, he's playing in the senior side against uh, some some big names in the South Belgrave <laughs> outfit. Coming out is uh, Law, Jamie Law, Men to Play, and Bo Ringer. So let's let's have a look at, at this one. And Josh, I'll start with you because it is very hard to. I mean, Montrose, they, they were fantastic on the weekend. Yeah. Um, they held off the Mitchum scare. They probably should have iced that game quite earlier. But for them, similar to some of the other sides, I mean, we, we they, they're not going to get knocked out, as in the finals. They, mm-hmm. They've still got next week. And you, you get your first look at South Belgrave in a final. So, I mean, it gives them a bit of chance to sort of go in with no pressure and, and take um, the Saints on. It does. And probably since the last time against South Belgrave. They've, they've somewhat improved, you know. They've obviously defeated every side that, that's come at them. But, yeah, this is a good opportunity to see what they need to improve if they are to, to meet South Belgrave once again this year. But, um, yeah, it's just when you're bringing in the two, when you've got all three Garners, when you're bringing in Taylor and Damien Garner, who are both probably fresh after a couple of weeks off, it's um, it, it's going to be really hard to stop if you if your Montrose, you know, you've got the, you're going to have to deal with the likes of Tim Smith, whether that be up forward or through midfield, the Garner, Garner brothers in Damien and Taylor. Uh, it's just, it's nearly impossible to stop. There are plenty of players for Montrose that can step up at non-defence. They really need to get some contribu- contributions from some of those smaller forwards outside of Ryan Garthwaite if they are to get the job done here. And when you consider too that, you know, how close it got last week, you know, the extra time, mm. uh, all that sort of stuff. That puts a little bit extra pressure on Montrose, a bit more energy in the legs. So uh, South Belgrave will feel refreshed. They won't mind uh, that Montrose has played a little bit longer. They had to fight a lot harder to, uh, to get this spot to, to take them on. So they'll be looking to get off to a really strong start, South Belgrave. And, and the thing about it is they look like they're capable on every line and they just look bigger on every line when you match the teams up, don't they? And they just you just feel like, uh, you know, from a defensive point of view and then through the midfield and then when you go forward, it's going to be very hard for Montrose to close, particularly the, the midfield part of the ground down. But then to, they're going to have to really defend well. Like They're going to have to defend as well as they did last week and, and if not better. So Gary Ayers will be demanding of that. And look, the conditions at times might suit them. But then from the perspective, you've still got to be able to score as well and I think South Belgrave is a different beast when they when they defend they are a 
strong defensive unit and then they build their attack on it as well. So, you know, strong through the corridor. You know, they're ferocious. They win that contested ball and they, and they just use the ball uh, and when they transition, they make sure they get those forward entries right and they get the repeat entries. And guys like when, you know, Garner and Tim Smith are on the end of it and then the other players you know, get involved, makes it very hard. So uh, I think for uh, for South Belgrave, they'd have the confidence having a couple of weeks off. They've sat back, watched a little bit of footy, uh, I think on the big open spaces of Baronia. It's a little bit different for them. They're used to smaller grounds, but I think this one might just get them excited at how and you know with their ball movement and the way that they really want to play throughout this finals campaign. So I think South Belgrave will get the job done, but I think Montrose will be competitive. Whether they can win, just feel that they might come up a little bit short. But uh, you know they'll they'll certainly get another opportunity if the, if they don't win this one. But uh, South Belgrave for me just look uh, on paper here a little bit too good for me, and uh, they'll advance to a grand final and. Uh, They'll, they'll deserve their spot, but uh, it should be uh, should be an interesting clash. They'll certainly have to play four consistent quarters. Well, that's probably the issue. They the haven't, haven't done that um, through many of those games. Even last week, they started like a house on fire and then fell off and let Mitchum get back in the get game. Get back so into it. You, you can't afford that against South Belgrave no. on paper. You're right. Because they don't have any mercy, uh, no. South Belgrave. They <laughs> no, just, no, they'll bury you. They, yeah. they do, and, and we've seen it in final series before. They yep. just they get the ball out of the middle of the ground and they transition the ball. Once they get that ball into their forward line, it's not coming out. And they'll just keep repelling entries and they'll put the scoreboard pressure on and uh, it makes it very hard to, uh, to get the ball back and put the scoreboard pressure back the other way so Seth Belgrave for me but uh, I think Luke Gallagher to be pretty excited about going into this final series with uh, you know, the amount of depth of uh, players at his disposal because uh, even some of the young players like uh, Jordan Nuka who's uh, you know, a young player 19 years old you know getting an opportunity in a final like this uh, you know has uh, you know, very uh, young player, underrated, uh, but you know has the uh, attributes and uh, and certainly is a player of the future for their footy club. You know, so they've got things at both ends of the scale. They've got the senior core experience, but they've got the young talent coming through as well. So they've covered all their bases. Yeah, definitely. And and I mean, as you said, they they don't rely on one or two players. They've got stars across the board, yeah. Josh. So I mean, you, even if you stop Tim Smith, you've got three Garners there. You've got uh, Peters. You've got a Black. There, there's so many good players. No. Silver down back was really good when we saw him early this season. Brody so. Connolly, Connolly as yeah. well. He's come back into the lineup and is a star down in defence. You've just it's impossible to stop. It's 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 just impossible to stop them. I think yeah, they get the job done. Probably probably four or five goals. I reckon they win by. Yeah, I, I think they uh, get the job done as well. But it gives Montrose got a good chance <clears> to try some different things here, see what works, what doesn't work. Because if you don't get them this time you've got a good chance of, of playing them in a grand final because yep. I think they're still probably the, the second-best team in the division. And conditions can come into it too, Ryan. You've got to remember, too, we might have a, a good day like we're promising for this weekend, mm. but in a couple of weeks' time, the weather could you know, be a little bit different uh, and the wind could be there. We could have some rain or we, or we had 12 months ago. So yep. anything is possible and it's just what uh, is dished up on that particular afternoon. So everyone's got to be ready to go and play in the conditions that's uh, presented on that particular afternoon so Absolutely. I think these conditions though really do play into South Belgrave's hands because they like the uh, the dry weather and I think the big ground will suit them. 
Yeah, definitely. And we'll touch on the Mitcham versus North Ringwood semi-final on the Sunday. That also at Tormore Reserve now. Um, I haven't got North Ringwood side mm. just yet, but for Mitchum, uh, Josh May and Duvalin come into the side. Fulton, Kimber, Lucas, Howe listed out at the moment. Uh, we'll find out about North Ringwood shortly, I would imagine. But, I mean, we look at these sort of finals, these sort of semi-finals. Oh, they are. The, they the are team up. sheet is out, <laughs> but um, maybe, Josh, you can sort of <laughs> see if there's any key ins and outs. Um, but, Spider, we sort of fall in love with the, the winner of the elimination mm. final and then fall out of love of the loser of the qualifying final. But in this in this um, position, I don't think anyone fell out of love with Mitchum because the way they fought back in that game and got it to extra time and really almost potentially stopped, could have stolen that one with the way they went in the last um, quarter and the, uh, obviously the extra time as well. So I don't think no one lost any respect for, for Mitchum. And then North Ringwood, though, the way they played on on, sat, on Sunday, which were out, uh, they really showed that um, they're not they're not just going to be here for for a one week. They're they're looking to sort of make a, a big impact, a young side making some impact come this September series. Yeah, tremendous character from Mitchum last week. I mean, you can easily put the cue in the rack and go, we're done, and we're uh, we're off to a you know a cutthroat final, and yeah, well, that's our that's our lot. But uh, no, to the Tigers' credit, they uh, really did you know come together and they really made a run at it because it wasn't going their way early in the piece, and they fought back and uh, they got it back to you know they got it back to an extra time situation, and you know it could have gone either way, absolutely, and they they could easily will be taking on South Belgrave this weekend. They're not doing that, but and they'll have to you know, settle to play North Ringwood. But they've got to remember that they've got to take their chances. And we always talk about in finals that the, when when you're winning finals, it's about taking your chances early, setting the game up, making sure that you do everything in your power across the four quarters and leave no stone unturned so you don't try and get it done late and then things can go go haywire. And I think that that's the big lesson for teams. You don't try and get it done late in the game when you have the chances early in the game. I mean, uh, you've got to start, you've got to come ready to play when the ball's bounced at start time. And I, I think some teams, you know, they come, they think that they're ready to go. And it can be just that five, ten minutes uh, early in the game when you're just not 100% focus, you're worrying about all the distractions around you, who's maybe watching, uh, have I done everything else uh, you know, outside of my control, instead of worrying about what is in your control, and that's getting your ball movement right, getting your structures right, doing everything from a team perspective, and I think Mitchum, this time, look, they, they definitely have the talent to you know, to you know, be a team that can play on grand final day, but they've got to be able to do it for four quarters and cannot put themselves in that situation again. And for North Ringwood, fantastic win against Beaconsford six weeks ago. We're not even really a true finals conversation for us, but they've really you know got it together. Robin Nahas has done a terrific job to get that finals win. They're not a high scoring team, but they get the job done. They you know they've got good teamwork. Uh, their midfield works very hard, and they just do everything to the letter that they get asked to do. You know, Flynn plays good footy every week. We know Nathan's been playing some good footy. We know, yeah, we Whelan's been terrific. You know, Livingston does his bit week after week. They get the consistent performances week after week, and they're getting good contributions right across the board. If they can get that contribution once again this weekend, they are right in this contest. And I, I think they're the sort of side that if uh, you know they. 
you know, if they push and push and push for the four quarters, they're the sort of side that could get over the line. I do believe, though, they're going to fall just a fraction short on this occasion. I'm just not sure they're going to be able to, you know, really go with the tolls of uh, Mitchum. But this midfield is very good of the Tigers. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, high scoring, going to really test the defensive edge of the Saints. And I think... Back the other way, I'm just not sure they're going to be able to kick a winning, a big enough winning score against a Tigers team that you know has has over the season been able to defend pretty well. So the big challenge is, can they do it? I think this is around about a three goal game for me. I think the North Ring are right in it, right in it till the very end. But I think the Tigers might just do enough to hang on and uh, get over the line. But for me, I think it's going to be uh, Mitchum uh, to advance a little bit further. Yeah, I think so too. But North Ringwood will, I feel like, be a bit more fresher than Mitchum. You know, having to play that, that extra time as well. It helps when you've got the extra day off if you're Mitchum. But I just think North Ringwood really impressed me on... Last Sunday, you know, they fought, fought back against Beaconsfield, who came back in patches in, in those second and final quarters when they were kicking down to the Baronia Road end of the ground. But I just think, yeah, Mitchum, Josh May coming back into the lineup is a, a very handy inclusion, as is Duvalin, who's had a, a pretty good season. For North Ringwood, they lose Aaron Finn, but that's the only change for them, really. Darcy Church coming in his place a bit. You know, Fenn's a bit of a loss to, to the mid. That was the concussion incident on the Sunday. Yeah, yeah yes. so, um, I, I mean, he started well, but they showed they can cover his loss, can, can North Ringwood. They've been able to do that for pretty much the second half of the season. So I think the midfield can definitely step up. Can it? Can they do it for four quarters against the Mitchum midfield with the likes of Jesse Cherry, Nick Hallow, Jackson Hallow, Danny Baglava, Jesse Uren, Alex Barnes-Smith, Samuel Carney, it's hard for me to see them doing so. But I think, I'm with Spider, I think it's probably going to be a, a three to four goal margin. This is going to be, this is probably the game where the loser of the the qualifying final is, I feel like, the most vulnerable. I had to say it of Mitchum because they've had a terrific couple of seasons, but I just feel like North Ringwood will be raring to go for this one. And they definitely looked like they didn't want to hang around for, for just these couple of weeks. They want to go deep into this final. Well, they might be challenged for a little while in this game, and there might be a point in time where they are actually behind in the game. And they might have to work exceptionally hard to get their noses in front. So that's one thing for Mitchum they've got to be very careful mm-hmm. of. If they give North Ringwood a chance in this game then uh, you know, the Saints you know, might be able to, uh, to do it. But uh, I just think uh, Mitchum, they're, they're looking like they could, uh, you know, that they could go a little bit further. They'll want to bounce back. Um, you know, they almost did the impossible last week, but I think this week uh, they might be able to get it done. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm tipping Mitchum, but in saying that, I think this is a real danger game for him yeah. because North Ringwood are, are coming in with some... Red hot, red hot form. Really, their back half of the season has been fantastic. They're playing with a, beli- uh, a lot of belief. Uh, the younger players, uh, Flynn was uh, again really strong. Yeah, but if we say it's a danger game. Don't be surprised if it's a big Mitchum win. Yeah, I don't know. Well, they could, they could, they could, they could, but it just depends whether they can get the stranglehold in the middle. Yeah. If they do get that ascendancy in the middle of the ground, you yeah, watch out because yeah, we know how good that Tigers midfield is. But uh, I, I think North Ringwood and through the midfield are okay if they can hold on for the majority of the afternoon. But it's just whether they can do enough scoring uh, when they've got the ball down in that forward line. I, I think that's the biggest uh, question we've got to ask them. Yeah, so certainly. Be very interesting. Uh, 
so far we've tipped all this, the same for every uh, game. So when we get into Division 2 after the break, we might have a few changes, but uh, we will see then. As I say, the former Temple Stone man gets plenty of height on the kick. I think he's off target, though. In fact, he's out of bounds. He's missed everything completely. And that's yeah. a wasted opportunity. Hard kick for a left footer on the left-hand side. They just can't get the angle of the dangle right. <laughs> <laughs> the angle of the dangle. You're missing words today, uh, Brad. angle of the dangle right. Welcome back to the Eastland Weekend Forecast. I think I said recovery at the start of uh, this podcast again. I've never, haven't been able to get that right all season, but doesn't really matter, does it? I still label it as the right one. At the end of the day, we're going to jump into Division 2 now. The qualifying, for the semi-final this weekend, apologies, between Bronia and Templestowe on the Saturday afternoon out at Walker Park. Bronia obviously bringing back some really good talent from... Uh, that uh, round 18 game against Mulgrave mm. where they um, rested quite a few. Uh, Nick Noops, Jess Bolton, Max Brasher, Mitch Mellis, Ryan White, Ben Robertson all come back into the side. Out is Duncanson, Dower, Jackson, Henry, Dower and Watson. as the Temple, so just the one change. Unfortunately, Matty Nagel is out, but they bring back in the coach, Nick Batsanis, who... Has just been announced as the senior coach for the yeah. 2024 season, Josh, which is absolutely fantastic because I've, I've really enjoyed just um, having a, a couple of chats with him since uh, he's taken that role. He speaks very well. He's got a very strong football mind. Um, and the way Templestowe have played since uh, he's taken over as the, uh, the coach uh, this season has been really, really good football. And um, it, it's a great result for the club to see him hanging around as coach and obviously playing still as well. And it's a big inclusion for him and certainly <laughs> timely because they're playing a Brony side who is at full strength. Yeah, it's a perfect inclusion and, and perfect timing as well for, for Nick Batsonis. He He's, I feel like, the right man to lead Templestowe. He's still pretty young and got and can lead them into the future and knows this playing group pretty well having spent the last two seasons with them. But, um, no, it's a, a really good inclusion. Matty Nagel is a big out, but, you know, you add Batsanis to a midfield that just dominated last week, you know, Carl Giovannini, Bo Michener, Michael Fogarty, they just, it strengthens the midfield against a, a possibly the best midfield in the division, you know, you've got Josh Hannon in the, uh, Josh Hannon in the rock and, you know, Max Brasher, who'll be fresh, Mitch Malice as well will be fresh, raring to go, Ryan White that can go through there, there's just... I think they'll be raring to go, Baroni. They've probably been raring to go ever since the the start of the season to to buy finals. It's um, yeah, going to present itself to be a bit of a challenge, Spider. Well, this is a different challenge. So last week we talked about the challenge when they played against Waverley in terms of the midfield battle. How you know the contested game was going up against a team that you know wanted to transition the ball. You know they only wanted to play through the corridor, etc. So and. They could put the clamps on. And they did that 61-9 to nine at half-time. Game is over. They were not coming back. Yeah, sure, they kicked eight goals to four in the last quarter. But that was just, you know, a bit of window dressing in the whole scheme of things. The matter is, the Templestowe won that game, you know, plain and simply 
on the way that they played that game throughout the, through their midfield. They're you know being able to you know really defend the ground, contested ball, and their ability with their stronger bodies. And they just eliminated the run and the carry and the rebound and the, mm. all the stuff that we talked about on this program last Friday and in the pre-match on on Saturday with uh, with Tom Langford. But in terms of Templestowe, I think what the, the challenge for them this week is. It's a different challenge. They're coming up against Baronia, who are far better than that. They have got an outside, they have got outside run, but they've also got inside run. And they are very good at either. And they are the masters of it. They are a lot bigger side. They are a good defensive side. They are very tall at both ends of the ground. And then and they are very athletic. So they are going to make things very hard and challenging for Templestowe. So the key to this will be is when they go forward they're going to have to score similar to what they did last week they're going to have to hit the scoreboard nice and early and make sure that you know they get those take those chances otherwise you know Baronia going back the other way will simply just make them pay and the, and the facts are Baronia are a very skillful and talented side and they won't give you the looks they'll probably that Waverley you know, did last week so from that perspective I think Baronia set up after a couple of weeks off few players back in the team to win this game. But Templestowe mind you, I think that they can push them because they have during the year when the margins have been very small have been very small. We know that the you know Templestowe really back themselves with their ability and they'll and they'll will rate themselves against this midfield. They'll they'll think, well hang on, we've done it against Wavely. Why can't we do it against uh, this Baronian midfield? And they and there's some there's some real facets to that. They can do it, but it's going to come down to whether they can get their hands on the ball first and give their forwards a clear view of this first up and take their chances. So that's the real importance of this game and the fabric of it. So I think from the you know the Baronia side of things, we know that Robinson is the yeah, the key. He's the big. He's big, tall. He kicks goals. Uh, you know, we know Hannon's very good. We know that you know Brasher gets his hands on the footy. We know that you know Begley will be doing his uh, his thing. He's just such a great player on either side of his body. He'll he'll dominate. The, he can dominate the game in just with a few touches. Their running connection has been really powerful throughout the year. But on a smaller ground. They will be tested by this Templestowe team who will try to squeeze them and they can do it if they are prepared to be disciplined about it and just try and force them a little bit wide, maybe don't give them use of the corridor as we speak about and then put that pressure back on them and that's when they can get that rebound back, get the forward entries in and then score. But Nagel out of the side is a loss. Jessup playing some really good footy. You know, Anides was very good last week. Uh, so he was he was really important Miletus. for them. Miletus as well. So they have got a number of players that are there are keys to what they're doing. Giovini, you know, both uh, you know, Carl was exceptional when he's in the side. They're up and running. So and with Nick coming back into the side, that just gives them a little extra string to their bow because that leadership out there, that presence, and I think even you know, Nick acknowledged in the pregame last week he can go forward and uh, and play a little bit of a role. Too. 
too, whether uh, at times make them think a little bit differently yeah. and, and be a little bit unpredictable. So I think that's the thing. If Temple State play a little bit unpredictable up forward, it's certainly going to test that Baronia defence. And uh, we know Baronia at, at times you know, do have a little tendency to have a little uh, lapses throughout games. So uh, Temple State will be hoping that they can just catch them and napping a little bit. but And then who knows what might happen. But I think this will be a very close game. I think Baronia might get there, but gee, would not surprise me if Temple State can cause an upset, particularly in a second semi-final, because that's what happens. Second semi-finals, you know, when you tend to get the little upset yeah. and a team goes yep. through to the grand final. But yep. on this occasion... I will stay with Baronia, but I'll tell you what, I give Temple State a mighty chance of winning this game. I think they're playing some brilliant footy at the moment, and uh, they give themselves a really good chance winning this. I, I just, it's just whether they can put it together for the whole four quarters. They, you know, let go in the last few minutes of the last quarter last week, but if they can uh, start the game like they did last week, no reason why they can't take it up to Baronia. Josh, your, your thoughts on this one? Baronia only one loss this season. That was at Ringwood by a point uh, earlier in the year. Other than that, they've had pretty much the flawless season. They've been the South Belgrave of Division 2. Um, how, how do you beat them? Do you, I mean, did Temple Stowe, obviously they, the way they played against Waverley Blues is is one thing, but uh, their midfield, Baronia's matches up very well yeah. against uh, Temple Stowe's. It, there's a stacked midfield lineup. We were there earlier um, watching that game, but uh, Temple Stowe were missing Giovanini, missing Fogarty, Mitchell wasn't Mitchner wasn't there, so it's a completely yeah. different lineup in the midfield than it was it was um, a month and a bit ago. And Batsinas, uh, I think, was injured in like in yeah, that second did half his as well. Hamstring so in that game. It's basically a brand new midfield for Temple Stowe. The depth there was tested, but you know, I definitely think they should give themselves every chance just because, you know, earlier in the season they only just lost by six points and um, it, that was with a pretty strong lineup. And I definitely think they can knock over to, it, knock over Baronia with this lineup they have on the park. You know, they're close to full strength. They just need Matt Nagel back. And if they get him back, then they're pretty much at full strength and can win a premiership with that lineup. But I, I just, yeah, I, I think Baronia. If you stop their run and carry from defence, you're not going to be stopping that midfield. They need to figure out how to somehow stop the supply from midfield and stop and stop them running and carrying through the corridor, which they did against the Waverley Blues, but it's just hard to do it again against Baronia. The one thing for the Hawks, though, they need to straighten up into in front of the big sticks. They've had a, they could have won by bigger margins against against the likes of Temple Stowe and Upper Gully in the final couple of rounds. Well, so yeah, even that Upper Gully game, they what they had about fifty five scoring shots <laughs> and probably could have been a, a record high win. Yeah. Um, but Spider, just a couple of quick matchups as well. You down uh, either end of the grounds. The last time we saw the two defenders did the job on the key forwards. Uh, Wooten played really well against Robertson, and then uh, Jared Lake um, had uh, Limbach uh, sorted, and Limbach again was pretty quiet on the weekend. Mm. He They scored over 100, and Limbach, I don't know if he even kicked a goal. Uh, how do you see those two playing out? Do you Back in the defenders again. I mean, what's the sort of look into that? Well, when you look at it, I mean, we, we spoke about Damon back last week, and I, I think from what Nick said pre-game, um, yeah, you just, you've got to back those sort of players in. But that's where the unpredictability comes in from the Temple State point of view because they'll want him pushing up the green. He's still got to take a quality player. 
I mean, you can't just let him just roam by himself. That's and that's the fundamentals about it. You still got to have a quality defender like a player like Lake of his ability standing next to him. Because what happens if he does get take keep taking marks? What happens if he, they keep kicking it to him? What happens if he get, does get on the end of it and then he does kick a couple of goals? So you've got to, you've got to be watchful. You've got to put the arm across. You've got to still be disciplined enough knowing that this player has capabilities of of playing big games in big finals. So I think from Baroni's perspective, they'll be well aware of that and they won't take any risks in relation to that. I think you've just got to be really cautious about that. But I think that's where he needs that support. And I think now that, you know, with Nagel out of the team and if Batsanis does go down there and does a little bit of that unpredictable work and then they can, you know, push a few others through that forward line throughout the course of the afternoon, that does give them an opportunity to maybe just uh, sneak home a few goals and put a little bit of doubt in the uh, you know, defence of the Baronia players' minds. And I think that's one thing that you just got to try and do. You can't, you've got to be a little bit unpredictable in these games. You've got to throw something at the other other team, at the other coaching staff to say, this is what we're doing. It's a bit, of, it's a game of chess. This is what, this is what we're doing. Have you got something better? Have you got something else? And then, Basically, let them see what else they can throw at you. And I, I think uh, you'll find that if uh, Temple State keep throwing the matchups up and they keep throwing up different scenarios, Baroni will have to come back with the answers. And they'll be challenged. I think this is the biggest challenging moment uh, for them for the for the whole of the season. Uh, and you know, I think uh, they would have had to have taken real serious note of what they saw last week. And uh, they'll have to combat some issues and work their way through some scenarios. But, uh, gee, the matchups are... Uh, Mouth watering, that's for sure. So, Spider's tip was Bronia by a few goals. Josh, yeah, I think about three uh, goals. Yeah, Bronia. I'll probably go closer. I think two, one or two goals. I think this will be a lot closer than people think. I, I've still got him by four goals. I still think it's a big, uh, big chance, similar to <coughs> South Belgrade. We've got South Belgrade by a similar margin. I think it's a big test at Temple, so and we can see what they can can do here, and then whether they meet again in the grand final, whether. Templestowe win it, make their way through to a grand final. Bro, you have to do it the hard way. I'm not too sure. We're going to find out on Saturday once that game happens. But tipping Bronia to win that one. They've been the best side in Division 2 this year. Waverley Blues versus Heathmont on the Sunday out at Walker Park as well. Now, I uh, haven't got the Heathmont lineup just yet in front of me, but Waverley Blues uh, in is Walker Perry still. We'll hold our uh, thoughts on that, yeah, because Perry was listed last week yeah. and didn't play. Um your thoughts on this one, Josh, I'll start with you. The Waverley Blues, I think last week you almost just forget about that one because that yep. first, especially that first half, was quite uncharacteristic of the side and they just couldn't get their game going. And that's credit to Templestone, what they were able to do and um, the, you know their handball game, their running game, it just didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. Late in the game, as, as Spider said, it was all over. I mean, Templestone had um, put the cue in the rack by then, but they did score quite quickly and that's what we were sort of expecting in that second quarter that they'd flick a switch yeah. and just go bang um and it never really happened until it was too late so i mean i don't, I don't know what to I, I would expect a much much oh, yeah. more fired up waverly blue side on sunday and they play a heathmont team who brought back i think five or six players from the last time they yeah. played mulgrave and smoked them so um they'll and and scored quite high i think it was seven goals in the first quarter from the the jets so i mean they prove that they can also score quite uh, heavy as well when they get going. Seven goals in that first quarter. They kicked three goals in the, the final three quarters. So they're definitely capable. And you look at the likes of Trey Brioni and, and Finn Brown, who 
have come back into the lineup in recent weeks. They both got on the score sheet. Lake Tink as well. Tom Hancock, who also ca- who have also come back, were named in the best. So those players that are coming in are having a big impact. And you know, I'm not too sure if they bring it, if they continue continue to play or obviously they probably will continue to play but they will play key roles and they're a lot different side to when they last met Waverley I don't think any of those players would have played as well because that was a couple of weeks before they played Mulgrave as well so I definitely think Keith will give themselves every chance to knock them over they defeated them earlier in the season also in a, a pretty close game but um yeah the Blues will will be really wanting a response those first three quarters were really disappointing and you know, not to be able to fight, fight back. It's a credit to Templestowe, but equally Tom Langford wouldn't probably have wanted that to happen. But, um, yeah, I I just have a feeling Heathmont, I think they're starting to find their best form. You know, they're, they're both similar game styles, and I, I think they'll probably get on top here. I, I, I'm actually going to go Heathmont here. I, I'm backing them in. No disrespect to the Waverley Blues. I think if they get Perry back, I'm a bit more safer in tip. I'd probably be leaning more towards them, but... I just think that the the Jets are looking the goods at the moment, and you know they can. They're much like North Ringwood; they can go on a deep run. They probably don't want to be hanging around just for a little bit, Spider. Yeah, okay. I think uh, your points are really valid. My biggest question is for Heathmont: is can they defend enough, and as well against the Waverley Blues forward line? Can they stop the scoring? And the thing about it is if Waverley do get their game going, uh, which they failed to do last week, are they going to be able to stop? I mean, Templestowe are a very good defensive team. It was proven last week, and they just did not let anything pass. And then through the middle of the ground, they just basically closed down every ball movement uh, for, for the Waverley Blues. This time around... I'm not sure that Heath might have that capacity to do so. I think up forward, um, they have the capacity to score, but I still believe Waverley's defence in their transition and their rebound is still solid enough to get them moving and get the ball down to the other end. I'm just not sure that Heathmont's going to be able to, to stop that. I think their forward line, uh, Waverley will be able to kick a winning score against this defensive team, which has been a little bit up and down, particularly in, in the second part of the uh, second part of the season. They have conceded some, uh, you know, some goals uh, at the back end of games, particularly in second halves, which they'd be a little bit disappointed about. And look, yes, last week they were fantastic in that win against uh, against Mulgrave and thoroughly deserved their win, and it's a big tick to them because, uh, you know, during the year we, we definitely had some questions whether they were going to be able to, to win big finals matches, but they did do it. I just think that, uh, you know, coming off that heavy loss last week, uh, you know, there would have been a little bit of searching done, you know, within the Waverley Blues on what they can do better, things that they can, you know, really work on. I know, I know Tom would have been very disappointed with the with the output, um, you know, and the way that it all happened and the way it all evolved. With you know, when the clamps went on them and they their ball movement was really you know, held up, and they because of the small the shape of the ground. And but I think this time around we're looking at a totally different beast. We're not looking at a Temple Star team. We're looking at a Heathmont team that is a little bit different to Temple Star. And I think this time around, Waverley probably hold that upper hand at both ends of the ground. And I think that's where they'll win the game. I just think that they're more capable of kicking a winning score and a bit more reliable from a defensive point of view than what probably the Jets are. 
So yeah. for me, I think the Waverley Blues will win. I think they'll win by about six or seven goals. I, I'm just not sure that the uh, the Jets are going to be able to maintain the rage for for four quarters with uh, with this Waverley Blues team. Yeah, I, I think he's probably summed that up pretty well. I'm, I'm backing in Waverley Blues to get their game going uh, again. And obviously, I, someone... Just uh, you know, a couple names to probably mention. I thought Kramer is someone uh, pretty underrated. I thought he was pretty impressive yeah. on Saturday in a, a side that didn't have too many um, star players. Uh, Langford played pretty well, uh, and unfortunately, probably didn't have enough soldiers around him that mm-hmm. stood up in that first half. Um, Turner down back played a, an important role and had, I think, over twenty touches in the end. Um, but that's also pressure, isn't it? I mean, the ball was coming back, so... Well, it was back in, yeah, every... And, yeah. and I mean, a couple of times where they did push forward themselves, Doug Wooden a couple of times ran off his opponent and got the um, the, uh, the rebound 50, and Templestow were out, and they were off, and they were resulting in, in goals coming in the transition. So, I mean, there's a lot to think about from that game. I just... I can't see them playing that poorly as they did in the first half. Yeah. And I, I think they learned the their results. lesson. I think they did learn their lesson the way they moved that ball last week, and they'll have to adapt, because if they are going to take another step within the final series, they will have to change, because... That's what they will need. Having just one way that you play is not the way that you play finals. You have to be able to evolve and have plan A, plan B and plan C. That's how the good teams do it and that's how you win premierships. So we'll certainly see that game on Sunday, how that will turn out. That will be a very interesting one. Um, We'll jump into Division 3 now, the preliminary final, which happens to be tomorrow afternoon as well. Furniture Gully versus Oakley District. We talked about this on um, Sunday after the uh, broadcast of the Oakley District. Goal after the siren. Dobson. 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 Yeah. And, uh, and he was the biggest goal kicker on the day, not Bazanich, Jack Dobson. Yeah. And the, the star of the show to, to finish off that. Their first ever finals win. You couldn't have scripted it better for their club. Um, and then also, I mean, Talk about the kick from Blake Pearson. To, there was no one else was going to nail yeah. a player inside fifty like that. Um, that was uh, another big in performance from him, and he's been very important to the side this season. Coming there as well as the the coach, and we talked about that enough across the year. But they've got another big task this week because they take on Furniture Gully. Having a look at their ins, Kramer and Pedal come in for Pedal and Hilton as the Furniture Gully Bull Brown Wilding and Harrison in. The only one out at the moment is Harvey. So uh, they've got a few choices to make there with the emergencies. All right, how do you want to look at this one first? Josh, I might go to you. Um, Ferntree Gully, for the first half against Donvale, I think we're in front at halftime. Had some chances, had more scoring options. I didn't see the game, so I don't know how to sort of speak to it as much. But in the second half, it looked like they just went missing and uh, Donvale ran over the top of them. Is that just Donvale being the clear favourite at the moment, or is that anything to be concerned about coming into a game against an Oakley district side who'll be up and about? I think it's probably just Don Val, their, their pure dominance. You know, you look at what uh, their accuracy in front of the go- in front of goal for Don Val, 18-7, and Furniture Gully, four goals, 12, and three, nine of those behinds and three of those goals came in the first half. They didn't take advantage of those opportunities. They had five more scoring shots in the first half and still trailed by five points at halftime for Entry Gully. And that's something they cannot do this week. And if they meet Donvale again, but, you know, maybe that might play on the minds of some of the Ferntree Gully players. It's um not a good performance against, you know, the side that 
you've taken it up to two to- for pretty much most of the season with you know despite the fact Don Vale are clear favourites Ferntree Gully is still reasonably close with the two of them Ryan yeah and 12 scoring shots to 7 at half time so Ferntree Gully <laughs> had the the play and they trailed by 5 points so yeah. if they do match up against Don Vale or even this week they've certainly got to make the most of their opportunity spider because uh, you can kick yourselves out of it. They almost did it against Sylvan not that long ago so very important that they do um, finish off their, their good work in front of goal. Yeah look I mean that, and that's the key to it in finals games. You've got to take your chances I mean we see it so often at all levels of football. If you don't take your chances it can come back to bite you at the end of games. It's just as simple as that. So really important for, for Ferntree Gully to you know, play four quarters, but also to address that and take their chances when the big moments count. But on the other hand, I mean, Oakley were fantastic last week and, you know, that determination that they've had as a club uh, this year, they've played a lot of that underdog tag. Uh, They've really, you know, snuck under the radar at times and we probably haven't given them the due credit that they've deserved. I think some of the wins have been uh, unbelievable and they've uh, really thrown this uh, contest wide open to be totally truthful and, and I think that uh, you know when there's a team that gets beaten by a significant margin in a second semi we, we often do say look yes they'll come back and they can't they can they'll get back and they'll they'll you know they'll be a team that gets back to the grand final but on this occasion I, I think Oakley are riding a really big momentum wave and I, I think uh, you know that was a really positive performance against Sylvan the way that they played they stuck in there the whole game they just really grinded that win out Sylvan you know, just you know, at one point you probably thought that they had the game, but, but to Oakley's credit, they just never gave up, and then at the end of the game, they find themselves in front after the siren. So that's an amazing story in itself. So I'm actually going to tip Oakley Districts. I think that they can actually win this game. I think on a big ground like Jubilee Park, it will it will suit them. I think guys like Blake Pearce, and you know, this is his time to shine. If he's got that experience, which we know he has for Norwood in the past, uh, he's the sort of guy that can really drive this game for them, just from that point of view, if he can get the, the supply down forward and they can get off to a really early start and get their tails up in this match, they can win this game because I, I think Ferntree Gully are a little bit vulnerable to be honest I, I think after last week that would have been really deflating that loss, you know, because once again we just can't beat Donval. we haven't been able to do it, we can't get near them, so there's a little bit of self-doubt in their mind, the mindset does amazing things. It wanders, but gives the other team the confidence that's going on. They're they're there. They they have an absolutely free hit at the stumps this week, Oakley, and they've got a chance to progress for the grand final. And, and I've got a bit of a feeling that Oakley can do it. I I think that they're sliding under the uh, the focus at the moment, and I think they might. I think they might cause a bit of an upset and uh, progress through to the grand final. I think they're playing. You know, God, you know, I think some of their players playing really well at the moment. I I think you've got to give it to them the way that they've been playing in recent times. They've come good at the right time of the season. Their, their form's been uh, very, uh, very impressive. So I'm going to tip Oakley Districts. I'm going to tip them by about 10 points. And when he makes his tips, they're, they're usually <laughs> correct. Off, off last weekend, Josh, um, I mean, how do you see, obviously, the, the Pearson brothers are oh, so yeah. important to if they, if they are going to win on the weekend. Um, 
still no Hawkins, is it? He's he's not. Well, back. I saw on their socials he's listed on their emergency. So who knows? He could be a late. He could be a late in. Uh, he's not listed on game day, but I, I saw on his socials he he is listed. He's really. From, yeah. from what we've seen this year, he's been really impressive. Grant's had a good season. Someone like her Cochran up forward, uh, or wherever they play him, uh, Black. Uh, there's some good plays on that side, oh, yeah. but you're going to need a full contribution from everyone. And you look at Furniture Gully, obviously, um, we haven't had a look at them since um, early in the season when we saw them against Donval, McComb. Um, hopefully he's probably back to full strength by now. Uh, I don't know if he's underdone at all, but, I mean, he's so important. Flannery's been has stepped up in recent weeks. Yeah. Ethan Kike has had a, a fantastic season. Um, and then, obviously, you got DSEO and Wright um, in the ruck. So, I mean, I still think there's a lot to like about Fentry Gully, and that's why I'm, I'm still going to tip them. I'm still, I still think they'll win by a few goals, but uh, Spider does make a good point. It, it, this will yeah. be a lot closer than probably what we thought maybe three or four weeks ago. Yeah, I think it's going to be very close. And the two times they met during the season, Oakley District and Ferntree Gully, Oakley District took it right up to the gully. It was 15 points the first meeting at Princess Highway and then 17 points. And They match up all right. They do match up. Yeah, and that's why I think that they've given themselves a big chance and can win the game. I, I think they really back themselves in, I think, from a yeah. midfield perspective. And then down forward, I think they definitely have uh, the potential and they have the players to, to get the job done. And one positive as well was that Bazanic only kicked one goal. And, you know, no... Hayden Harvey, who usually I think gets the job, gets the jobs on those tall forwards. That's that's going to be interesting to see what Ferntree Gully does. Who, who takes that? Yeah. Who takes that, Josh? I mean, I, that is a huge you know, question yeah. for their coaching panel. Yeah, and I just can't see anyone else in that back I mean, line. He could be worth three or four goals in this game. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think, and yeah, Jack Dobson, who's proven who can hit the score sheet and maybe, you know, he plays a bit more of a... F- it plays underneath the feeder of Bazanich and hit the scoreboard. So there are those options. Ferentry Golly have plenty of options too up forward, but uh, I'm actually having a hard time tipping this one. I'll still stick with the gully. Just c- I'm, I'm tempted to go... If, if you're t- tempted to do the upset... Yeah, All right, fine. I'll go for it then. I'll go for... I'll I will go for I'll go for Oakley. We we need we need to be different. We need to be different cause just because the first segment we all went with the same pocket, <laughs> with the same tips. But I just I have that feeling they do have momentum behind them. It's going to be interesting to see if they are burnt out though after what was a, a hard slog against Sylvan. But maybe that might galvanise the side. Maybe that's gone them. I, I do think Bosnich needs to kick three or four to win because yeah. if the, if what they score on the weekend just just manage fifty, that's not going to be enough. Uh, seven goals are not going to be enough to no. beat Ventrigal. And sometimes when you have a big, as I said, you have a big loss, you can, you're flat and you you got to be scratching your head going, how can we address that? I mean, you're, you're talking about a team that's just one after the siren. You're talking about a team that's just been beaten by a significant margin. So it's um, one of those games that uh, you know there's going to be one team that's going to be riding a bit of a quest of a wave at the moment, and one team that's uh, you know, trying to pick themselves up after what was a you know, pretty horrible performance last week. Well, one team who'll be riding a bit of a wave into this weekend is Scoresby, who mm. pulled off what was a, a great win last weekend against Chernside Park by three points. They play Surrey Park on the Sunday, which is also our match of the round for the, the Sunday. Obviously, we do the two men's uh, games on the Saturday-Sunday out at East Ringwood Reserve. The preliminary final, the winner to take on Kilsyth the following week in the grand final. Surrey Park, no teams listed. I'm going to go to you in a second because you'll you'll have them oh, yeah. down from in Thursday night. In my back night. pocket. In my um, back pocket. Of course. Uh, 
Aravinci and Richards come in for Granlin and Plumridge for Scoresby. All right, who in right. quickly? I don't need to know um, their backgrounds and uh, what they had for dinner on Thursday night. I just <laughs> oh, want the names. Uh, so Kenworthy back into the lineup. Uh, trying to think off the top, I was trying to think off the top of my head. Ryan Kennedy also back in as well. Uh, Mitch Gale, Josh Durant, who both Garvin, uh, yeah, Matt Garvin as well. So some big ins. So yeah, some big ins. Couple of losses in defence. No Riley Tempany for the rest of the season, and he's a bit of a loss because he can shut out. Uh, he's been able to shut out the likes of Ryan Goodenson and some of those key forwards in the part of past. So he's a bit of a loss. McLaren just for this week as well, but. Um, yeah, I think this is a, a really strong Surrey lineup, but equally for Scoresby, you bring back Jack Paravicini and Toby Richards, two experienced players in this Scoresby lineup. There, there's some pretty handy inclusions to have, and you add that to you know Ryan Hicks coming back into the lineup last week. There's they had a and you know there's still plenty of talent there that's played consistently. Dal Hare had a good game. Uh, Declan McBean as well has been phenomenal, phenomenal, and you know they'll. They'll go in pretty confident, I reckon, Scoresby, after what was a terrific victory. But Surrey as well, I think if it, w- if it weren't for, like, I think a 10-minute patch in that third quarter against Kilsyth, they probably could have played in the grand final. They, Kilsyth were the better side on the day, but they were just watching a bit of footage to start this week. Surrey really impressed me to start the, get, start the game. And I think if they get off to that fast start, then it's going to be interesting to see if Scoresby can match up, match up with them. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very close match-up. They have been fit when they met earlier in the season and Scoresby have all the momentum behind them, Spider. Yeah, look, I, I was really impressed with Scoresby's win last week. I just thought that the way they played and even when they were a couple of goals down, there didn't seem to be too much panic within their team. They just were very calm. They got a couple of goals. So Pumbridge kicked a, a really important goal uh, late in the game. Surprising, he might must be injured. There must be uh, something there that, he's, that, that, he, that sees him not in the team this week. But to have a couple of those additions into the side that shows how much depth that they do have both at uh, seniors and res- reserves level we've spoken about how now it seems like they've got a full complement of players they've got players missing out at uh, the other end of the spectrum with the reserves as well so there there is as good as good a health as what they've been in pretty much all season so mm. they'll be they're riding a, a little bit of a quest of a wave but uh, I, I think they can win this game i really do i think these two teams are very even uh and I actually think that the East Ringwood ground suits their style of play. I think if this was played at a couple of the other grounds, I would probably be saying, well, hang on, Surrey Park uh, would have to be going in as you know, overwhelming favourites. But in what we've seen over the past couple of weeks, um, you know, with some of the form fluctuations of Surrey, I think uh, Schoolsby are just starting to get it together, um, as I've spoken about over the last couple of weeks. And I actually think this is going to be an absolute nail-biter as well, these two teams. And I think Schoolsby are going to progress to the grand final. I think I'm just not sure whether they've uh, got the players to go with players like Hare, you know, McBean. Yeah, you know, I just think these players are playing too well at the moment, and I just really believe that uh, schools be playing really good footy at the moment, and I think they can get the job done. Josh, your your tip on this? I one. know I've heartbroken <laughs> you, uh, Josh. <laughs> no, that's all good. But it, it, it's just, uh, it's just. I think the last time the two teams met, uh, particularly up at Scoresby early, uh, early there was a. I thought Scoresby uh, transitioned the ball well against them, and I think defensively is the only big question I've got on Surrey. Yeah, 
the losses in defence don't help, but like I, I think that time when they met score uh, Scoresby out at Scoresby, I think they had a, a lot of players that were missing that day, a lot of players that went out of the side. So I I think they're much stronger since that day, and I, I'm I'll, I'll I'll still back them in as always. But um, yeah, I think this is going to be a very close matchup. Uh, either either way, if it was turns up Michael Scoresby, I, I reckon it would have it be a close matchup either way. But um, yeah, I, I just think there's a little too much class, and and I think they'll get the job done. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I was riding the Churnside wave for a while. What was it, <laughs> 10, or 11, <laughs> 10 or 11 weeks in a row that they'd won? And I was like, oh, geez, I've, I've, I've gone off them during the year. I've got to get on them. They're going to win this flag. And then they're out first week of the final. So it's thrown me off a bit um, and probably put us at notice of, of what Scoresby can yeah. do. So I, I, um, I'm hesitant to dip against them at the moment. But I, I think they'll be quite competitive. They've had three close matchups throughout the season. Neither side has really got a, the hold of the other. Um, but I'm I'm still backing with those ins that Surrey Park have been able to to bring back this mm-hmm. weekend. And they're good ins. They're very yeah, good ins. I mean, they're some of your, your best plays yeah. on the the list. Oh, yeah. So for me, I think Surrey Park get the job done on Sunday. Um, but in saying that, they they're going to have to certainly step up their game if they are to knock off Kilsyth in in the grand final because I think Kilsyth have proven now um, and yeah. cemented their premiership favourites and they've deserved that. So I think either side, whoever wins, is going to be up against it next week. I just think Surrey, just a little bit more class to get across the line here. And that's it for yeah, us. That's, 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 it. that's, yeah. a fair, that's a fair observation from you. But you look, oh, I just think it's uh, <laughs> building up to be a, an amazing week of finals footy across all oh, the yeah. divisions, to be yeah, honest. Absolutely. We'll be checking the tips or seeing what we get right. I, I was well off. That Saturday was horrendous for me. I could not get, <laughs> could not get anything right. I think, yeah, I couldn't get anything right. I mean, I got the... The Temple Stoke call, right? I did tip Temple Stoke oh, last week, <laughs> but um, not a good, no. It wasn't a it wasn't a good Saturday for me. I think Sunday wasn't that good either. But we'll see how we go this week. Do we want a, a headline of the the week here, of the weekend? Mm. I'm going to say Farmer to kick seven or eight in the uh, Ruse Premier Division final win. I'll say Lions. I'll say Oakley District make it two finals in a row. Two win two close finals after in a row. Not after the siren, but just two single digit ga- games in a row and get the d- and progress through to their first AFL grand final. Well, I've tipped uh, a couple of these already. I think I've I said after the sirens and extra times and all that, and there's probably still uh, time for a few more of them. But uh, I'm going for a big bag of goals uh, in the ball and. and uh, Blackburn game. I think uh, I think Jordan Law might or and Josh Walker might have, have, might have a bit of a day out uh, between them. But uh, you know, in, in a game that uh, you know is really important, you know, for both clubs. But I think uh, if Josh Walker plays forward, he could really get hold of this game. But if not, I think Jordan Law could be the uh, the story of the match. So uh, you'll be there tomorrow out at. Uh, Bayswater Oval Spiders. Yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to both Saturday and Sunday. And uh, looking forward to watching so much footy across the weekend. Can't wait. And uh, if you're around the local area, get to a local FNL ground because uh, you're going to be entertained thoroughly with all the great footy we have to offer. Absolutely. We've got eight YouTube streams going tomorrow with all the games (laughs) happening. Josh, uh, I'll be at Heathmont um, for the the women's grand final. So you're probably taking the... uh, the uh, front seat out at Bayswater. You're very excited. I am. Uh, I'm excited about being at Bayzy just because it's first time being there. Remarkably, first time I've done a game out there. But um, 
No, I'm looking forward to it. It's um, an exciting matchup. Wish I could be out there on Sunday, but I'll, I'll no, still have hard, I'll, yeah. I'll still have the, the I'll still have the Surrey Park jumper wherever I am, wherever I am in the northern suburbs in the Surrey Park beanie too, cheering them on from the sidelines. But um, now looking forward to seeing what this weekend presents. There's some really exciting matchups, and uh, can't wait to see how they all unfold. Ryan, yes, big weekend football. You can catch all the action Saturday, Sunday, Radio Eastern 98.1 FM, Facebook and YouTube at 1:15 PM. Enjoy your footy. around onto his left, goes long, inside 50, coming down just about half forward through the hands, going inside 50, they've got to try and get their hands on this fin, no, Brown, Finian. Finian, brilliant, can he kick the goal, Finn Brown, he has!